Welcome to TL's Roadhouse. In the house, Chelsea Lynn. Woohoo! Oh my goodness, it is nice to meet you. Dude, I feel like, it's nice to meet you, I feel like a fan who's just won a sweepstakes to be on your podcast. I can't believe I'm here, thank you for having me. And I wanted to be at your show so bad in December, I know you were at the, uh, uh, what is it? Zanies. Uh, Zanies. Yep. And I had uh, I had some surgery over the holidays, so I was kind of down and out for the count, so just now kind of getting my feet back under me again, so glad I got you. Yeah, I so. got you. We're hopefully going to be doing a show here in the fall, so you'll have to be there. How were things packed out, I'm sure? Oh yeah, it was great. I did something a little different. I did like a Christmas-themed stand-up show, I've never done that before, so... It was fun. It was different. But, yeah, we had sold-out shows at Zany's and just knocked them out. That's awesome. So I want to kind of go through and, and understand more about uh, uh, your stand-up uh, career that you have, how you got into to social media. I kind of want to know the whole journey. Now, I know you recently just moved to Nashville from uh, San Diego. Yes. Yep. And are you from California? No, I'm from Oklahoma. Really? Yeah. What part? Uh, Thackerville. Okay. Windstar Casino. I know Windstar. Yep. Oh, yep. Yeah, yeah. Right That's there, wrong. about an hour north of Dallas. I grew yep. up there, and we've been living in San Diego for the past 10 years, yeah. which was very random for us because my husband's a, just a, a country boy, and he's an engineer, and he happened to just get a job in San Diego, and I was like, what the hell? I guess we're moving to San Diego, so... We've been out there for 10 years. I bet that was a little bit of a culture shock. And uh, I, from what I understand, there's a mass exodus out of California right now anyway. Well, I I actually, we were only supposed to be there for a year. So that's what I expected going in. We, we loved it so much. We ended up staying so long. That's pretty area. It's, it really is. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm going to miss it. And the comedy circuit in California is intense. I mean, there's mm-hmm. so many great comedy shops all around San Francisco, L.A., I mean, just all the way down the coast. It's, it's pretty phenomenal. Exactly. So so did you start off doing stand-up? Did that come before uh, the social media success? What, what, what were you doing before all this started? Oh, gosh. Working wherever I could keep a job. I mean, I worked at Whole Foods. Um, I was a substitute teacher in Dallas. Um, I worked at the mall at a, an engraving store called Things Remembered. I mean, I just worked wherever I could get a job. So did your friends always tell you you were just funny? Um, yeah, I, you know, I was like the class clown in high school, but I graduated with 12 people. So the, the pool wasn't very big. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> so if I'm the funniest out of 12, I mean, um, no, I started doing social media, right? I mean, within a few months before we moved to San Diego. Yeah. So I've been doing it about 10 years and, you know, I started on Vine. Do you remember Vine? Like this is before, yeah. Vine was real big and, and back then nobody was making a career out of social media. Well, they're really, I don't think the monetization had happened no. then, had it? Yeah. No, no. And there were very few people that were like famous on social media, YouTubers. So when I started, the thought of it being a career was, I didn't even fathom that yeah. at all. Um, I was just having fun, to be honest with you, and being stupid, you know? And just, when I started, I think I had three or four followers. Like, it was not, it was yeah. just literally me having fun. And it just took off. It just took off. It was a slow climb uh, for me. And I think five years into it, about five years ago, I quit my nine to five to do it full time. 
So when you do uh, when you do production days, are, are you shooting multiple times a, week, a month? I mean, what what's your kind of schedule? Do you wait till you come up with your storyboard? How do you how do you approach the way that you go about doing socials? A little bit of all of that. Yeah. Um, I have so much content to put out. I have a Patreon that I have regular content from. From I have a podcast I do. Um, I have you know YouTube, TikTok. So I like to um, film just one full day and film a bunch of crap. Yeah. And space it out, especially when I'm touring, because yeah. I can't do anything else but tour when I'm touring. Yeah. So I like to, you know, we like to uh, stockpile a lot of stuff and then just space it out. Do you pretty much go in and, and, and get all concepts laid out if you're going to do 10 different little, you know, skits or whatever your timeline is, if they're two or three minutes or 10 minutes, whatever, do you kind of have everything mapped out if you're going through the Wendy's or whatever the, the situation is and all those little things that uh, you do? It depends. The little skits, the TikToks and all that, I, I do like to have that on paper. Like, I, I like to have an idea. I like to have some, uh, some sort of little script. But once we get shooting, oh, some ideas will pop and I'm like oh let's do you know then the juices get flowing yeah. but I like to have like a you know like some sort of map to to guide me out now the the mukbangs on YouTube of me going through the drive through yeah. that's all me just bullshitting yeah. just going through that content I don't know if you've heard of mukbangers that's like a Big thing on YouTube. I didn't understand what it was. I didn't know if that was, it was Tammy's stage last name or how you were going, what that meant. I wasn't so sure. So this was years ago. I would say six or seven years ago. It started on YouTube where people were literally just eating on camera and they were getting millions of views. Really? And I thought, that's the weirdest thing I've ever, why are people watching people eat? That's the weirdest thing. There's some weird people out there. Oh, gosh. You know, there's some very, um, and I might yes. be one of them. I don't know. <laughs> yes. But I thought, so what Tammy does with, like, internet um, stuff that goes viral is, like, I like to do them as Tammy is almost my way of making fun of it. Yeah. So. So it separates you from having to own it as an identity unless you he, have that alternate personality. Yeah. Yeah. So. I thought, this is ridiculous, this concept. I go, I'm going to do one as Tammy, kind of mock it, making fun of it. And that was six years ago. And they will not, if I go a week or two without filming a mukbang, people lose their shit. Really? It's, the, it's the most number one requested video I do. It's the, I mean, it is, these get so many, it's like all I do on YouTube. If I post anything else on YouTube, doesn't get views. What's what's your uh, what's your numbers on TikTok? Um, I'm over four million followers. That's crazy. Yeah. You know, I, and all the stuff that's going on with the NCAA. You know, the little Olivia Munn girl from uh, LSU. You know what's going on with no. her? No. She's a little gymnast down there. She's still in college, and she's got like seven and a half, eight million followers. And she's got this horde of young boys that are following her around and disrupting gymnastic meets. They've had to hire security for her. She's bringing in like two and a half million a year. Wow. Oh, yeah. I have not heard of that. Oh, yeah. Wow, so man. It's amazing uh, how much money folks are really making. I mean, you're having yeah. a huge impact. Uh, do people notice you on the street yet? <gasps> Probably every day. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Probably every day. And it's nothing crazy, but, you know, it might be a couple people here and there. But, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's about every day. It's rare that a day doesn't go by, and that's wild to me. I'm still like, what, like, 
you know, they'll come up and I'm like, who, you know, look behind me. And they're like, you know, it's weird. It's weird. You know, it's going to be curious to see, you know, do you think there's a shelf life with what you're doing now? Are you going to reinvent? Are you going to kind of expand and move to other things? Because I, I can tell that you're you're pondering on where, what the next thing is. Obviously, a move to Nashville is a huge, huge move for you, too. You yeah. just recently moved here. So what, what's the next step? Um, you know, I just, I just started stand-up uh, a year and a half ago. Yep. So that's still pretty fresh to me. Um, I'd still like to, to work on my set, work on Joe, you know, I'd still like to, you know, perfect that, um, eventually do stand up. So I do all my stand up as trailer trash Tammy. Oh, you do? So, yeah. Okay. So I'd like to try to do it as Chelsea. Yeah. Um, we're in the talks about, um, uh, writing a movie, you know, I'm always pitching that type of stuff. Um, you know, a TV show. So we'll see where it goes, you know, because touring's, touring's hard. I didn't expect it to be so hard. So when you started your stand-up stuff, did you uh, did you hit open mic nights? Uh, wh- what did you do? Well, no. I mean, because there's a long process for a lot of people. I know, and I, I feel like, I feel, so I only started stand-up because my followers pressured me into it. Really? I never had a, I never desire to do stand-up i never was i never wanted to do it i wanted to do movies and and tv and they really really pressured i was like i don't know stand-up like i don't know and then i had this opportunity i have a friend who's a stand-up and he called me up and he was like hey um i want to book these shows in dallas will you will you headline will you open i was like i don't do i don't do (laughs) stand-up and he was like i know but like do it and I was like, I don't know. He's like, the clubs are ready to book. Like, just give us the okay. I had no management, no agents, nothing. And I got off the phone. I thought, and I had been thinking about it for a while. And I thought, man, if I don't say yes, I don't think I ever will. And so I called him back and I said, tell him to book it. He goes, are you sure? I go, just do it before I change my mind. Book it now. I'll think about it later. How long was the first set? Um, 30 minutes. And it, how did you? prepare everything did you fly by the seat of your pants did you stay up all night scared freaking death <laughs> i still do that but uh i'd be terrified to get up and do oh. i can get on stage and sing in front of i don't care how many people you can get me up there to, I'm, I'm terrified yeah i don't know what it is i mean I'm, it, it just doesn't suit me well and i've thought about that i've thought about oh my gosh the people who are musicians have it so lucky i, I would i wouldn't have any nerves if i was a musician it's the it's it's the comedy because it's it's a whole thing i still get nervous but I wrote a 30-minute set, and I practiced it in my room a thousand times until the show. I think I had two months, to, two or three months to prepare. And the very first time I went out and did stand-up, it was to a sold-out comedy club. And I thought, I'm either going to be okay at this, or this is going to be not good. This is going to suck. And it went good. That's good. And I was like, okay, I think we did like eight sold-out shows or something. And I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm doing this. And, oh, but I still, I think last year we did, oh, God, I mean, like, almost, I mean, 160 shows, 170 shows, and every single one of them I feel like I'm going to puke before. Oh, God. But I, I bet your delivery, timing is so important with all of it. I mean, having that moment of pause to wait for the crowd, all it's just the comfort factor is it has to get better the more that you do it. It just it all, it all makes it just kind of falls mm-hmm. in line, doesn't it? Oh, timing really is everything. You could, you know, the words you could say up there are not funny, but it's how you say them. Oh, yeah. That makes everything. And I record all of my shows, and just looking back at the very first, you know, few shows I did compared to now, night and day. 
You know, I've listened back to Mitch Hedberg before he really found his voice. You know, he might have been telling the same jokes early on, but the delivery wasn't the same. There was something when he finally got that delivery dialed in that just propelled him to that next level. And he's still, to me, is one of the greatest that, that oh, ever was. And just agree. such an early demise, and I hate the way that he went out. But, uh, you know, I like uh, Bill Burr. Bill Burr, golly. Love. Love Bill. Have you met Love. him? I had no, no, I haven't. I want to meet Bill. I have He's piece of work. I do, too. <laughs> His new special. Genius. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a brilliant guy. Yeah. I've been I've been a fan of comedy for a long time, so I, I'm fascinated by the whole process because it's it's very foreign to me, mm. and I know the people that I like, and I watch all different kinds of stuff. Uh, so it's, it's just pretty fascinating. And and nowadays it's kind of scary because with cancel culture and all the things, I remember we had gone out to Portland. We were true. We were playing in Oregon, which is not a good place for a redneck like like us. We're out there, so we were trying to find something to do on like a Tuesday night. And so we found this little comedy place. There was a place called The Dudes, which was off of uh, of, uh, of uh, Big Lebowski. Big Lebowski you okay. Know? So you know we said, "We're let's go over there and let's have us a Caucasian, which is a white Russian, okay. which is what the dude drank all the time in the movie." So we go over there and we sit down. We couldn't find live music anywhere, but attached to this little bar was a comedy club. And so we walked, I literally walked in the door. I got a ball cap on. It's like a door in between the buildings. You walk right through. And there was a girl on stage. And I literally stood on this little platform getting ready to walk down the stairs. And she looked over to us and she said, y'all don't freaking belong here. With a lot of expletives. And I'm oh. like, okay, we just turned and walked out. I mean, it was, okay. it was really hostile. Wow. So, there, I mean, it's got to be difficult. And I, I see a lot of, uh, you know, Chappelle has caught a lot of crap, you know, for standing his ground. And I don't, you know, it's so, do you, have you hit any things like that where you've uh, had some pushback or caught some cancel culture for what you do? I haven't. In terms of my stand-up, um, I feel like my stand-up's not that bad, not that raunchy. And not that um, shocking. I really don't. But I feel I've had a couple people, you know, message me after or come up after and be like, wow, that was like really like that was a lot. I'm like, really? Like, I don't feel like I don't feel like it is. I haven't ran into anything. I also a big part of me doesn't care. Amen, baby. <laughs> you know <laughs> I what I mean? Like I if I write a joke and I think, oh, this might offend people. I'm going to say it anyway. Um, you know, but I, I don't think... In comedy, I, you should be able to do that. Agree. You should never have those boundaries agree. Put, put around you. Uh, and and people need to get thicker skin. You know, there's we all... I mean, I've, I've been attacked at comedy clubs. I mean, you never want to sit in the front row if you got thin right. skin. Don't, don't go up there. Right. Because you're going to get picked on a little yeah. bit. But I, I just... I, I think that we, we can't lose that ability to have humor and make fun of ourselves. Agree. If we lose that, we're gone. Agree. We have to be able to make fun of ourselves. Wholeheartedly. And that's across the board with everybody. Mm -hmm. A comedian should never have boundaries put on them. They should be able to go after anybody they want. Agree. It's comedy. I feel like people, uh, comedians got, you know, a couple years ago, got a little scared and everything, but I feel like everybody's back and they're like, oh, we don't give a, we don't give a fuck. Let's just. Well, Chappelle's been a good uh, yeah. beacon of light in that. He don't give a shit. Right. Yeah. I got to meet him for the first time. I, last show I had in Denver, uh, randomly met him. At, it was a last minute thing, and he was so he knew who I was, and I was like, "What in the like?" That was wild to me that he knew who I was. That was just insane. I love him. I do too. I yeah. think he's, I hadn't had a chance to meet him yet. Oh either, my gosh! But I think we're playing Ohio soon. Maybe I just go out to the farm. What's do up? it, What's up, Chappelle. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. So, are you a big music fan? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Country always been from Oklahoma. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I, I honestly like a little bit of everything, um, but country is I think the the foundation of it. 
for yeah. sure. For sure. So, uh, did you move here uh, October, November of last year? Oh, when gosh. It's, I've only been here a few months. Yeah. 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 I've only been here a few months. And uh, what do you think of the city so far? I love it. Yeah. We, we wanted land, and you can't get that in Southern California. No. You can't. So, um, we, we, at first, we were going to move back to Texas. My husband's from Texas. And he had never been to Nashville. And we had shows, I think, uh, last year at Zany's. And it was his first time here. And I was like, before we before we came, I was like, Greg, what about Nashville? Let's move to Nashville. He was like, no, I kind of want to be close to my fam- family. I was like, all right. He gets here. Within 24 hours, he walks in the room. He goes, okay, let's move to Nashville. Yeah. I go, I told you. I told you. So we bought 100 acres. And we are, we're stoked. We're excited. That's awesome. Yeah. I think Nashville's a great city. I've been here over 30 years. I moved here in the early 90s. And I've seen it change. And evolve to a world class city that yeah. you know, with major sports franchises and just the whole boom in uh, the nightclub district downtown and the restaurant oh, yeah. scene and it's just been amazing to watch it evolve and what it's done. I mean, it's it, and and the job market is tremendous here. I mean, there's there's plenty of work. If you want a job, you can find one yeah. in Nashville. Whatever it is, whether you want a skilled profession or a warehouse job, I mean, there's plenty of work in this yeah. town. It yeah, really is. I'm loving it. That's what everybody's telling me. Who's like been here a while? They're like, it sure has changed a lot, but it's it's still amazing. Yeah, I'm excited. What's the comedy scene like here? I mean, met a lot of uh, peers. There's a lot of a lot of folks that have moved here. I think a lot. There's a lot of comedians that have moved here. Yeah. <clears throat> um. Gosh. I know. I see a. a Oh, what's his name? The Blue Collar Comedy Tour. What's his name? Um, uh, Ron White. Ron White. Oh, I he plays he in my golf right? tournament. So I've got to visit with Ron a few okay. times over the years. And I know Dan, Larry Cable Guy, and uh-huh. Jeff Foxworth. The Foxworth still is in Georgia. Uh, Bergetsky is, did he he's move here. here? I think he's, he's here. here. Who else is he's here? He's here. Theo. Yeah. Theo. Um, Josh Wolf was here. He just moved. Yeah. Um. Gosh. I, yeah. I f- and I feel like a lot of people have moved because during the pandemic, we realized we can do whatever we do anywhere. We don't have to be in L.A. We don't have to be in California. And so I think everybody just started moving out, moving out of that place. Cost of living is a lot cheaper here, too. Oh, gosh. Yeah. yeah. It really is. Yeah. Us moving here um, uh, in terms of saving and taxes, my husband will be able to quit his job. Wow. Yeah. Because I, I pay more in taxes than he made in a year. And he's an engineer. <clears throat> so he's going to, um, he's a big, like, race car guy and car guy. So he's just going to rebuild cars. And well, that's all you know. We've got the little speedway downtown, the big speedway out on 840. We've got the Grand Prix that comes to town every year. You he'll know, be at all of them. There's, yeah, there's, there's be, some great events here. Yeah, he'll be at every single one, I'm sure. I'm <laughs> Football sure. fans? Um, You know, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my husband played in college. He's a big 49ers fan, um, but I don't keep up with it. I played softball in college, but yeah. I love sports. I love I love still, like, you know, playing, but I'm not a big watcher. I'm not a big watcher. I know the Titans are real big here. Yeah. Are you all Titan fans? Uh, well, I, I am. Okay. It's just uh, they, they've got some restructuring to do. Okay. All right. <laughs> we, got, we got some things we got to fix. It's kind of tough. <laughs> uh, all right. Yeah. Oh, goodness. So when are you heading back on the road? I leave next month. Yeah. Next month. And we're hitting up. Um, last year, we kind of did the left side of the U.S. We did the West Coast and all that. And this time, we're hitting up. You know, the other side. So when, when comedians tour, do y'all go out like we do? Do you go out weekend warrior? You do two or three days. Do you go out for two to three weeks? I mean, what's what's the program when you tour? So when we go, we will be gone for 
almost two months straight. We like to go and do it all. Now, I will come back twice for a couple days to film some podcasts, but it's me, my sister, who's my, she does everything. Uh, tour manager, merch girl. I mean, she does everything. And then my two openers, Tina D. Ball and Libby Higgins. So that's kind of like your blue collar group. That exactly. And what's the name of this group? Oh, we, we haven't call? named ourselves. You need to name yourselves. I know. Yeah. Ooh, okay. I'll work on that. Yeah. We do need to name ourselves. Um, but last year when we went on the road, I bought an RV, brand new, $120,000. I go, we need, we need to be comfortable. We need to do it up big. Left us stranded. <laughs> Welcome to the live on the road. Oh, yeah. <laughs> on a regular basis. Yeah. On a regular basis. So I uh, traded that in, took a huge loss on it, and now we just travel in my Suburban and we uh, we have a trailer in the back, and we do everything our own. We do all the merch. So um, that's that's your production crew. That's your sister. She kind of does all the infrastructure, yep. merch, and logistics, and hotel bookings, and all that. What's your production team like when you're shooting stuff? Is it all you? I mean, do you set up cameras? Do you have anybody running cameras for you? Dude, I am so simple. I am, People ask me all the time, like, what do you use? Like, what cameras do you I'm like, I use my phone. <laughs> I film everything on this phone. I do all the editing myself. Yeah. I do, there's nothing. Every once in a while, I'll film with uh, friends who will like hire a videographer or something. But if I'm doing it, I am just on my phone. It is the simplest. Well, and I'm not very um, tech. So if I tried to edit a really cool, I couldn't be able to do it. I, I wouldn't even know how to set up a DVD, you know, player. It's that bad. It's bad. <laughs> So I, I don't believe my wife says that same crap. I don't believe that. Oh, I am. I am. No, no, no. I just use my phone and I have an app on my phone that edits and I just slice everything together and post it and just, you know, cross my fingers. That's it. No big production wow. at all. That's awesome. Nothing. I do all my social media. Nobody runs it for me. If, you know, you get a response from me, it's me. How many platforms are you on? Oh. Do you have one thing that you that you post up to, or do you have to disperse it and upload it on everyone? Um, a little bit of both. So I, usually I will just dis, I will disperse the same video on all platforms, but then, but then I try to also make it different. So like the mukbangs only go on YouTube. Yeah. Um, I have Instagram, uh, Snapchat, TikTok. I try to make the TikTok exclusive where there's only content on TikTok. Facebook, Facebook's my biggest platform. Really? They have like five million on Facebook. So I try to make that separate because um, a lot of people follow me on everything and they want to see different stuff yeah. or so they've told me. So I, I, both, if I have a really good video that I'm like, this is good, it's going on, it's going on everything, I'll put it on everything. Yeah. But for the most part, there's exclusive content on everything. I'm, I know I'm asking questions that a lot of people in the, in the, the, war, the yeah. social media world, but I'm, I'm learning as I go too. I mean, yeah. a lot of this stuff is really foreign to me. I mean, I just found something that I enjoy doing and th that we can spread around in multiple formats because it's, I mean, it's, it's a lot to keep up with. Yes, I mean, it, it is. really is. It really is. And, and, and to focus on doing it on a regular basis where you're doing something. I, I mean, I know people that are doing it every day. Yeah. Neil McCoy gets up every morning and does the freaking Pledge of Allegiance and it's like, man, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, when I post a video, I will set aside. Let's say if I'm posting at noon, I will I will set aside noon to three o'clock to respond to comments, and that's all I will do. You know, once the video is posted. So it's a you know if you're posting a couple videos a day or doing whatever, it's an all day thing. It's an all day thing running social media. All right, I'm gonna tell you something funny. All right, okay. you ready? So it's been probably two years ago. My little brothers. 
He's like one of my best friends. He's like 10 years younger than me, highly educated, just as smart as a whip, lives back in Texas County where we're from. And so uh, he likes to pull pranks. So we've got Great Danes in the backyard. Uh-huh. So I was telling them this morning before you got here that, that my project when I got home yesterday was I got a five-gallon bucket, and I went and picked up dog poop out of the backyard, which it was a lot. Okay. So <laughs> it's been a couple of years ago. Uh, I had my daughters. We have a 19 and a 21-year-old. I had my daughters go out and get a big box of fresh. It was like Christmas time. And so we had got this wine opener in, and I said, let's send this to my little brother. So we packed it full and wrapped it up and everything, we mailed it to him. So he gets it, and he's like, that's cool. They were in the process of remodeling their kitchen, so he didn't open it. He stuck it up on a shelf in the laundry room, and he said for about six months, his dog would lose its mind. He couldn't keep it away from the laundry room, just barking, and they couldn't figure out where this awful smell was coming from (laughs) until he finally opened it. And then he's like, okay. So he gets me back. I'm coming through and uh, pull up to the mailbox one morning and there's this little cylinder and it didn't have an address and I get stuff from people all the time so I open this thing it's a freaking glitter bomb explodes in my truck blew up all of them <laughs> I was like all right I appreciate the fact you know I enjoyed it all so today is a very special day because he's decided he's going to get my oldest daughter back he is sending her a stink bouquet of roses that supposedly will stink her entire apartment up she has to sign for him today so I'm anxiously awaiting her to go oh. who in the hell sent this crap to me because it shows up anonymously. Okay. So this is going to be. Do they start stinking or do they stink from the start? He said as soon as you smell them, it like releases something in and it will fill your apartment up and you can't get rid of it. It's awesome. I can't wait. No. Have you smelt the fart spray? She said that's what it's like. It's that bad. It's bad. It's it's the worst thing I've ever smelled. And you can't get rid of it. Give me a good prank. Give me a good prank. I know you've done pranks. Gosh. Come on, give me a good one. Well, I did the uh, prank with Luke Bryan's mom. Did you see that? I've, I've been looking. I haven't seen him yet. My my wife has been watching him. She's yeah, yeah, him. yeah. That was probably the biggest. That was probably the biggest thing I've done. I actually just filmed a uh, a whole prank show. I spent the last year filming a prank show for a very big platform, and then just to find out that they're not airing in it. So you know that happens. <laughs> that happens. Yeah. So I had a t- we we filmed we filmed for six months pranks. Um, I like to. Um, I, I'm more of a, like, I don't do a whole lot of like that, like stink stuff or whatever. I'm more of a making someone scared or nervous. I'm like a prank with my words, like something happened, you know, something like that. Getting them all scared and then being like, gotty, you know, like (laughs) that's my type of thing. I need to get into the fart spray, that type of stuff. I'm real fond of farm animals myself. What do you, what all do you have? You got well, I remember one time we were doing a show with Kenny Chesney, and we were back home, and I had the I was doing a charity show back home, and I had all the kids from Agra bring crates of chickens, and they carried them up there and set them on the front of the stage, and like girls would bring roses, they all brought chickens up there and oh set them on the stage, God. and then he got back to the bus, and I greased up two little pigs and put them in his stateroom. That was awesome. You greased up greased. two little pigs, and then this other time, me and, <laughs> me and Tracy Bird were down in Florida, we were finishing up a tour, and I released a thousand crickets on his bus. Where'd you get those? Bait shop. That's smart. <laughs> it took forever. He had to go park it in a parking lot and crank the heater up on high. He said they were down in the walls. He said every night they, they would chirp at night. He couldn't get rid of them. <laughs> he still hadn't got me back. That's smart. It's just mean. Oh my gosh. <laughs> See, I don't do those types of pranks, but I need to start, honestly. Just I filming them outside the box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that's the message. People get their feelings hurt too easy. Yeah, now. that's they true. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. So you went to college? I did. Yeah. I don't even know why. Yeah. What'd you major in? 
Oh gosh, what was, what was it? No, I did like occupational safety and health. Yeah. I was going to do like OSHA stuff, be like the OSHA, you know. Per, I never used it. I yeah. just got my student loans paid off. God, I've been out of I've been out of college. I graduated in 09, so forever. I just got them paid off like within the last year. Jeez. Biggest waste of my time. But it, you know, it was fun. I had fun in college and I met my husband and I've never used my degree. Um, no. Yeah. Yeah. But I went and I played softball and it was fun. It was fun. Yeah. But um, no, I tried to get a job right out of side of high, of high school. Could not. Nobody was hiring in that you know field, so I just worked wherever. And then, gosh, shortly after is when I when I started in the comedy thing. And I've just been. I think that's what I, I think this is what I was meant to do. To be honest with you, it sounds like it's just kind of all lined up. For yeah. Yeah, because I get asked all the time, like, from people like, how do I get into it? How do I, you know, and I'm like, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't even know how this happened for me. I've just been saying yes, going with the flow, um, taking it day by day. If an opportunity comes, I'm like, let's do it. Like, yeah, you know, just saying yes, to be honest with you. And it's just turned into it's turned into this. So. That's all, and, and that's the great thing about it. And, and when we, we started this, it's like, okay, let's just kind of figure it out as we go. We, we don't know who's going to watch or what's going to happen. We're just right. going to play it by ear and, and have a good time with it. And it it's really has been a lot of fun. So exactly, yeah. exactly. So Derek, we call him Junior. Derek plays second guitar in the band. Hell yeah. And uh, uh, Scott is a phenomenal piano player. He plays piano, sing background vocals in the band. So they're our guys. And let's, uh, I know y'all got some questions. I usually love the prank thing. So, what's what's your favorite prank that you've ever pulled? Oh, it's got it's got to be the Luke Bryan. Luke Bryan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So here's how here's how that happened. So they had asked me. They were having this charity event. This has been probably through two or three years ago. They were having this charity event. I had never met them at the time. Long story short, they Facetime me and they were like, "Hey, like we do these family pranks. We really want to get my mom. We have this idea of basically you acting like a crazy fan." And, you know, and, and basically attack Luke. And I'm like, okay, hell yeah, I'll do it. So we get there that day. What I didn't know is he had told his mom that there was a crazy fan down at the gate who was threatening to kill Caroline, his wife. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, <laughs> hold on. Does mom stay strapped? Because am I going to die here today? Like, His mom is a piece of work, man. She is. There is no one. I've never met anyone like her in my life. She's hilarious. So he goes, no, 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 you're good. I've already made, I've already, you know, yeah, thought about this. You're good. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I thought this was going to be lighthearted. He was like, oh, no, it's not. So then I got nervous. I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, I'm going to give this lady, this old lady, a heart attack. And so I was like, okay, let's do it, you know? And um, so basically, yeah, I just pretended like I, you know, got out. I made it through the gate, and I just attacked him. I was like, oh, my God, Luke. And I literally, physically, and I am much bigger than Luke Bryan, by the way, and I physically tackle him, tackle this man (laughs) onto the ground. I'm on top of him, just completely just hovering over him, his mom, who has a cigarette in her mouth, by the way. All the time. All the time. <laughs> pulls it out, throws that thing, and is trying to get me off of her son. And it was, I, I will tell you, once he, once he, you know, made clear that this was a prank, I have never in my life felt so bad. 
she would not talk to me for hours. Even though she knew it was fake, she wouldn't talk to me for hours. I thought she was going to pass out and have a heart attack. Because she thought this crazy woman who was threatening to kill family members, you know what I mean? So they just take it to the extreme. That was that was the most that was so much fun for me, dude. That's pretty epic. Everywhere. Oh my god! I don't know if I'll ever top it. <laughs> oh yeah, you will. I, I'm, Absolutely. I'm gonna try. You have to work on it. I'm know? gonna try. I'm gonna try. <laughs> yes. Oh now, man. What you got? Oh, I, I guess I was wondering about your uh, pre-show ritual, if you have one, besides throwing up. I, I was about to say, I just sit there and stare at the wall and try not to puke. To yeah. be honest with you, no, I'm. Uh, um, me and my two openers are, are a lot alike. We just like it completely silent. We like to sit there and just literally just try not, try not to get, you know, just try not to get sick. Once I walk on the stage, though, the nerves are gone. Yeah. Completely. And I'm, and I'm thinking, why was I nervous? You know, once I get out there, oh, it's gone and it's on autopilot and I have the time of my life. How do you deal with a heckler? Oh, I'll, I'll say shut the fuck up. <laughs> I really do. I really do. Because we get a lot of them. And, oh, they, and they do it. They come just to do that. Yes. And a lot of them, and, and my hecklers are not rude at all. They'll, they'll scream out nice things. They'll scream, you know, they're wonderful. But they don't understand that um, if I'm setting a joke up and they yell something out right before the punchline, you're ruining the punchline. Yeah. So I will say I will tell them to shut the fuck up. Um, if they do it again, they're kicked out. I don't I don't I don't play with it. There's a time during my show where I'll mess with the crowd. That's when we can. But there there's a, a give and take with the crowd when you're on stage, and if somebody's disrupting that give mm -hmm. and take, it, it messes you up. But mm -hmm. especially when you're trying to get to your punchline, right, or, or, or lay a foundation for yes. something, and then you lose your place and have to go back to it. I mean, it, it can mess things. It up. It can mess it can, big. And time. or do you just have to turn it into another part of your show and just go after their ass? Um, <laughs> dep it depends. So I'm so a, I feel like a lot of people that come to my shows have never been to a comedy show. So they feel like it is interactive, and it's not. I, I stop the show midway to do some interactive stuff. That's the time. But I make it very clear before. I, I, I have a mic backstage, and I'm like, don't be yelling shit out. You will be. I mean, I make it I make it clear. And it helps, but every once in a while, you know, if somebody's been drinking. Oh, yeah. They, they don't care. They will yell out anything. You know, show me your tits. I get that one a lot. <laughs> I'll say, shut up. <laughs> that's a that's an average every night at least. There was a, 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 a series on Showtime recently. I think it made it through two seasons called I'm Dying Up Here. Have you seen it? No. Check it out. It's okay. a great comedy. Uh, and it's it's based back in the 70s. You know, Richard Pryor was still alive and based out in, uh, in, in uh, um, I guess it was Burbank. What's the comedy shop down in? Uh, comedy store? The comedy store, yep. Mm -hmm. So I think it's kind of based in that area and, and just kind of goes through the whole scene of all these young comics getting up there and trying to break through and the pitfalls and the, the depression and all the things yeah. that go with it. Do you, do you deal with the depression too? Because I've known a lot of, I mean, it seems like for the extreme highs, there's extreme lows. Do you experience right. those too? I, I don't. And I feel like I'm, I'm in, I am in the minority with a lot of people, especially comedians. 
I know that. Um, I've never dealt with depression. I've really never dealt with anxiety. Um, I And honestly, I don't see how. I had a very rough childhood. So I should be, you know, I don't know. I My parents were on drugs growing up. Um, my mom was on meth. I mean, I could sit here and, you know, we could have a deep thing for forever. But I had a really rough childhood. But for me, I remember... I remember being, um, gosh, I was in fifth grade, so however old you are in fifth grade, and I remember looking around, and, and literally, th- I had this memory of me going, Mm-mm, this is not going to be my life, I- I'm going to I'm gonna be different, and that always just stuck with me, and I've, I've always been a glass half full person, because I know how shitty things can be from my whole childhood, yeah. and if something's, you know something's not going my way or I'm having a hard time with whatever. I just always think, man, it could be so much worse. Look at what I get to do for a living and I'm, and I'm going to complain about what. So I'm, I'm that type of person. That's all. Awesome. To be honest with you. That's all. Awesome. Yeah. You know, I've, I, I've always wondered that just to, you know, it seems like, uh, you know, you see a lot of people that have gone through so mm-hmm. much of the emotional roller coaster. It's just, it's really sad to see. Right. I'm glad you don't deal with all that. Right. That's Thank awesome. you. Thank you. It's, it, it's been really cool meeting you. I, I mean, let's, I need more questions. Dude. Well, let's I, do, throw yeah. some shit at me. Uh, yeah. Well, you just say you did about 160 shows last year? I can't, yeah, probably. And, uh, I'm just curious. I'm sure you've changed over that year too, and getting to know the people, and you know, how, how, do you have more faith in humanity? Less? Do you? Think people are. <laughs> that was one question I had. I mean, does that change day to day? Um, I, that is a good question. I kind of don't know how to answer it. I, I, you know, I think. Um, it, okay, I'll, I will put it this way. You know, people are are so different online. They've you know behind their keyboards, just saying whatever. So sometimes, you know, for the most part, it's great. But sometimes it's like, man, like just people are just, ah, people are horrible. The shit they say to people, and then and then I'll do a live show and I'll do a meet and greet, and I'm like, oh, dude, that's people are people are wonderful. So it's both. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> To yeah. be honest with you, right. you know, but I don't take the online stuff personal because it's like, man, like people, people act out if they're, you know, like we, when we were told as kids, like, oh, they're acting out because they're not happy. It's this the same thing as, a, as an adult. So if I get one rude comment, I, I am not taking that personal because that person is just basically lashing out. That's the way I look at it. So, yeah, a little bit of both, to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah. But I will say, back to the touring thing, because I never toured before, before a year and a half ago. Yeah. I'm sure y'all been touring, you know, your whole lives. I thought that when I went on tour, oh, I was going to be exploring new cities I've never explored (laughs) and doing things I've never done and having a wonderful time traveling. And I learned real quick, (laughs) you see the inside of the venue and that's it. And a hotel. And a hotel, yeah. and that's it. And and you sleep and you drive, and you sleep and you drive, and you and that's all you do. It's I have a new found respect for anyone that has toured, musician, comedian. I mean, I am it. It has really woken my eyes, and I don't think people understand. People don't understand unless you've unless you've done it. It's a grind. Oh my it gosh! It's un. 
real. I stay zombie like the entire time. I would have. I have been in every state in the United States. You know, worked. You know, Alaska, all the the lower forty eight. You know, and so much of it. I haven't seen. You yeah. travel all night, you know, you get there, this city, you pull into the back of a venue, you go to the hotel, you come do sound check, yeah. you take a nap, you do your show, you, you load up and go to the next town. Yeah. You really don't see that much. You don't. Right. <laughs> and I've never been to Boston before, and we have a show in Boston. And I was telling my sister the other day, I was like, oh, I'm so excited to go to Boston. Like, like let's try to find, like, somewhere good to eat that's, like, known for And she was like, Chelsea, we'll be there one night. You, We won't see anything. Yeah. And I was like, damn it. So, yeah, man, my eyes are awake now. Just newfound respect for you guys for touring. It's wild. First year that I was on the road, which was, it would have been the first full year, was uh, 92. We, my single went number one, the first single went number one in January, 92. I did 289 shows. Oh, my gosh. And you talk about fried. <laughs> I'm talking about fried. Oh. I didn't. Oh. I didn't know whether I was coming or going. I mean, I was right. burnt to a crisp. I mean, you just lose perspective of everything. Yeah. It just you don't you lose relationships. I mean, yeah. it, it messes with a lot of things. Oh yeah, big time. Lose touch with the reality mm-hmm. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> and you know, I do a lot of like like I said, we're trying to like do some shows and pitch some stuff. And my managers know now. Like when I'm on tour, we have no meet. There are no meetings. I, we have no no meeting, and I, I will tell them, we're not doing anything while I'm on tour. I'm touring, and that's it. Yeah. And my um, my online social media will, I mean, I won't post for a month at a time. So do you try to get a lot of stuff in the can before? Like like you talked about, just load the load the vault up yep. and, then, and just strategically release things as you go through it? That's what I try to do. Um, and then people still know I've, I've, I've announced it multiple times. I'm like, you guys are not going to be getting as many videos. I'm on tour and they know, they know, but that's exactly why I try to have them locked and loaded. Cause you can't do I mean, I get up, you're in a car for four hours, six, whatever you go to the show. You have you can't stop. And I'm a big antiquer. Oh, I'm a big, oh my gosh. That's like my thing. And if we're driving down the road and I see antique mall exit now, my heart will palpitate, <laughs> and I'm like Beth. Just for she's like we we will get that we cannot stop. So do you do you know that uh, when is that is in the spring every year we have the longest uh, the antique road that yes. goes through here. It's like it's like ninety miles or something like that, and it's just antique stores and, and vendors sitting yes. up the whole way. It's, I, I, I grew up going to yard sales yeah, with my grandmother. Same. Uh, yeah. Same. And I still I, love I, that too. I love it too. That, that is my thing. I like other people's junk. Yes. <laughs> I have heard of that antique thing and I want to go. I want to do they say it. It's amazing. I'm going to try. I was, we were, we were in uh, uh, Helotes, Texas recently. And uh, it was, this was like, there's a, it's like a little Latino bar there and the Mexican restaurant and everything. Great tamales. And this place was like um, where the wagon train would stop heading west. Okay. And uh, so there was an old antique store there with all kinds of stuff in it. My wife and I kind of went browsing around through this. I found an amp from 1946. And uh, this was like a guitar amp. It had like four inputs, a uh, verb, a couple of settings. It was set up to, with a harmonica microphone. It had its speaker and a road case, the whole deal, for 200 bucks. Wow. I've never seen anything like it. I've never seen an amp like it before. You just never know what you're going to find. There's still some really cool things out there. You are yeah. treasure hunting. And oh, when yeah. you do find something like that, it is the best feeling because you're like, I... What's your favorite stuff? What do you collect? Oh, I... Um, I'm really big into um, mid-century 
stuff, mid-century furniture, like 50s, gotcha. 60s. And I'm very big into mid-century architecture. So I'm going to hopefully build a house in the next, um, you know, probably two or three years. And it's going to be just, I'm going to have conversation pits. You know what that is? Mm-mm. Back in the 70s, they had like, they'd have like an open room and like the living room would be like a sunken it would be like sunken in the room. Yeah. Just look up conversation. Coolest thing. I'm going to have shag carpet. I, I mean, I want people to walk into this house and be like, have I time traveled? Um, always looking up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, conversation pit. Awesome. Um, oh, okay. Man, something like, like that. Yeah. That okay. Awesome. Yeah. Those, that was a big California thing. Oh, I mean, yeah. yeah. Those are, that's kind of new, but I definitely, you know, I want like. That's I'm, used for a lot of different things. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I'm, uh, exactly. Exactly. I'm, uh, yeah. yeah, real big into like old architecture, like just driving here. Like if I see an old house, I will just like literally drive, almost drive off the road because I'm looking at this old house. You know, like I just love, I love old things. I got into, I've got a huge collection. I don't even know, my, my, when we moved, my wife's a box. I have a, I bet I have 400 Hummels. You know what Hummels are? No. Hummels are little German figurines, some of them dating back to post-World War II. Do they go but, in each other? No, that's okay. the, that's the Russian uh, the Russian uh, yep. nesting egg. Yep. These things, I mean, there's a whole collection. Pull up uh, uh, Hummels. Hummels. These things, uh, they all have their special little marks on them, and the older they are, the more they're worth. I have hundreds of them. My wife thinks it's the stupidest little thing. And you've just been collecting them? I've been collecting them for years. From where? Antique stores? Just all over the country, any place I can find them. But there's, there's, and there's just so many different varieties. And there's a little boy playing a fiddle, a little boy with a dog. I mean, that they're really. Uh, Look at how much those are going for. I know. I, I, and it just depends if you can get some pictures up. It just depends on uh, the how, the age of them, what the particular model is, how rare they were. I mean, I'm, I'm into some weird stuff. What got you? That, that is. Okay, I that don't is, know. That see, is see, something weird to get. For a guy to do. But I'm telling you, they're they're worth a lot of money. That, I've done this man for seven years, and I yeah. I just found that out. Yeah, that's, I like weird things. That's funny. I know. So you just saw one one day, I and just, you got I, it. And well, I, I I think it started. We had gone to Germany in like 1999. We had done a, a USO tour, and I kind of started seeing them over there, and started asking questions, and kind of got into them. You just wanted more. And then you I wanted just 400 started, of them. Then I started collecting, and, and and I started looking all over the place, and it became something. The little thing that we'd do is we traveled. But I mean, they're. I mean, I you I, ain't I, haven't, I haven't even had it had had in, praised in years. They're still boxed up. We got. Oh look! I cannot that. believe how much those are going for. Some of them are ridiculous. Oh my God! Nine I've never heard of them. That is wild. <laughs> but that but I, I've seen I, you can 000. you can get books like that will tell you that, and it's the same with like uh, the 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 toys, the different type of toys and things, and even like uh, some of the designer plates, like the blue plates and the green plates. Whoa. You see, the, some of those some dishes are really expensive. A wow. lot of that stuff is highly highly valuable. You got you some money never, packed up in those. You boxes. never know what yeah. you're going to run across when you go through those places. Wow, I love to do that with my grandmother when I was a kid. Of course, oh, we, were, yeah. we were buying stuff for a quarter too. Yeah. You know, all that yeah. crap back then. I uh, started collecting memorabilia. That's something I'm I love, and I've gotten into i have um i have a uh kimono that belonged to ronnie van zant that was on the plane when he died no kidding and he's photographed in it when they went to japan to tour over there some someone high up in the japanese government or whatever had given him a kimono it's a black kimono and it has a dragon embroidered on the back and then up front and he's pictured wearing it and he had it in his suitcase on the plane when he died and i have that 
gosh. I have that. That's probably the that's probably the coolest piece I have. Um I recently bought the front door to Betty White's longtime home. Um, How do you acquire Betty White's front door? Wait a minute. Come on. Explain this to me. Is that on eBay? No, no, no. It, it was a, it, so she after she passed away, she um Julian's auctions held held her estate her estate sale. And um I saw that this door, she had lived there for over 60 years. And they were tearing the house down. And Julian's auction was like, well, what what can we take from the house? So they took the front door. And when I saw it, I'll go, oh, we're, we're building a house. That is, I want that. Wow. So me and Greg went to L.A. We were there with our paddle. It was the second thing auctioned off. It was like, a, they were auctioning off like 3,000 items. It was the second thing auctioned off, and I won that thing. Wow. So I have her door. I, I just love stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like, I, I love stuff like that. So I'm going to use the door for my um, office when I build a house. I'm going to use it as my office door. Hell yeah. How cool is that? Awesome. It's very cool. That's awesome. Very cool. I like all kinds of weird I stuff. I do, like too. Yeah. Collecting weird stuff. You, you got me beat, though. Yeah, that's pretty weird for a dude, I know. <laughs> you, got yeah. Yeah. you got me beat. That's awesome. Now I'm it's not the be- only thing I collect, though. I collect other what things. Do you cl- what all do you collect? I've got uh, a whole, I, I like 20-something NFL football helmets. I mean, I've got oh. Peyton Manning signature, full size. Okay. I've got Peyton Manning. I've got Warren Sapp from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, do you uh, have those displayed? Aaron Rodgers. I've got them displayed yeah. in the pool house back there. Let's see what else. And I've got uh, Eagles. Jacket. I've got an Eagles jacket that was from the Hell Freezes Over tour that I have all the original band members on it. That's uh, cool. I mean, I'm, shoot, I've got I've got some crazy stuff. That's cool. Just just little things that you pick up along yep. the way here and there that make you happy. Yep. I I hoarders. Feel it's it's yep. called organized hoarding. <laughs> <laughs> Expensive organized yes. hoarding. Yes. Yeah. Yep. My wife. Gets, I, I she says that she's a filer and I'm a piler. I just like to pile crap up. <laughs> you know. So. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I'm not very good at yep. organization things laid out. I'm, I've gotten better as I've gotten older though. <laughs> Hell yeah. Are you into car? Do you collect cars? I do not. Yeah. No. My husband's into into cars. Yeah. He's and it's getting a little ridiculous. I had to tell you, I was like, you yeah. need to slow down there. Do you still have the the Road Runner? Uh, yes. Yeah. Oh yeah, he didn't get rid of that thing. He I had to, me I had to a think about which Road Runner today. How fast will that thing go? I oh my gosh, I I fast. He faster than you want to go. Yeah, faster than I would ever. I won't. I won't get in that thing. Um, no, he and Greg's really good. He he drag races and he wins a lot. That's he his life revolves around that. So um, I got to meet Gary Force. Remember when oh, yeah, he did yeah. the, that drag show? Well, the 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 drag. What is the uh, what's it? What's a little uh, international hot rod or so, drag race? Whatever. Uh, that, anyway, if you know who Gary Force is that name sounds. He's very like familiar. the god of drag yeah. racing. He's he's the guy. We did a show at one of those drag strips. I've, I've been around NASCAR more than I've been around okay. drag stuff. That's, that's yeah. a little bit. I'm, I'll learn a little bit more about it. Yeah, yeah. Greg's not a NASCAR NASCAR guy. He is a drag stripper. Yeah. yeah. There's a few of them around here. Yep. 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 We just bought, we just actually just bought a house, an old cabin, and it is just like two miles from a drag strip. And we, um, <clears throat> we were out in the front yard and a, one, a neighbor came over and uh, just welcoming us to the area, you know, very nice people. And the, it was an old guy and he goes, you're going to love this place. He goes, but I will say, and I don't know if anybody told you, there's a drag strip just right down the road and it is the most annoying thing every Friday and Saturday night. All you're going to hear is is <clears throat> drag racing. Yeah. And Greg goes, man, I'll be there every Friday <laughs> and Saturday night. He was like, I love it. And the guy was like, all right, then you move to the right, right spot. So That's awesome. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Well, I guess uh, it's been great visiting with you. Tell us, tell us what's next for you. Where you're going to be? Oh yeah, come see me on tour. Um, I'll I'm hitting up a little bit of everywhere. And do you have a, a website? I do. My website is eatmytrash.com. Okay. <laughs> All right. That's a real website. Eatmytrash.com. That's awesome. Not Eat My Ass. That's a different website. That's not mine. Okay. Um, And then then I've got all the tour dates, everything on there. And what else? That's Honestly, that's all I have going on is just tour. So come see me. I don't want to leave out anything that you need to talk about. So is there, I mean, is there anything else? Man, that's it. It's so great to meet you. I've looked forward to sitting down and visiting with you. I hope I hadn't left out anything. No, I had a wonderful time. This, honestly, it flew by. How long was this pod? Uh, we're uh, close 50, to an hour. 52 minutes. Oh, my gosh. Heck, yeah, I flew by. Thank you for having me. It's very good to meet you. You too. Be safe out there on the road. Thank you. The touring will get easier. Okay. Yeah. All right, good. At least you good. hope. Yes. Yeah, just get a bus that don't break down. Yeah, that's that's the thing. That's the thing, exactly. Take yeah. us out there, Junior. Thank you. All right.